Welcome back to an Easter edition of The Common Man, where just like Easter morning, you will find this episode littered with eggs in hard-to-reach places. Joining me as always, he's not hot, he's not cross, but he does bring the buns. The bow buns, that is. Welcome, Forty. Thanks, Oz. I was a little unsure where you're going there, but um, well, you landed it well. Thank you. <laughs> Just had some of the best bow buns in, of my life on Saturday night at your fortieth birthday. Oh, so good! Yep. Great idea. Shout out to shout out to Chubby Bows in uh, Belmont, Geelong. Uh, can pull off a good bow bun. They can. They they really can. Uh, I've had I've had dreams about those bow buns this week. But moving on from my food dreams, it wouldn't be a podcast without our own king of lockdown, who's racked up as many stints of isolation as LeBron has had trips to the finals with about the same number of positive experiences. It's friendy. Howdy ho, neighbors. It's uh it's good to it's be Wilson. here. It's Wilson. It is. It's Wilson. <laughs> Now, Friendy, you you scored the nickname Wilson in the last couple of days. Can you explain why? This is true. And then someone even threw out Diggy Knee as well. Uh, oh, yeah. um, well, I wasn't I was in isolation due to my wife uh, being positive and I was negative and stayed negative throughout the whole thing. But 40 had a very special birthday turning 40 and uh, I, did, I didn't want to miss out, but I also knew that I needed to stay safe. Um, so he only lives a few houses down from me and I decided to walk down the, the back of the house and just stick my head over for, uh, just a couple of minutes I was there for. Just said hello over like, the fence. For like five, four or five hours. But it was a very, very safe way of doing it forward, wasn't it? No one, it, no it one was, was you know, it was outside, you know, we, we, you will have was pretty a worried. knock on the door from everyone was pretty worried about catching COVID. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, how are your calves, uh, friendy? Yeah, they were a bit tender the next day, Ford. Lots um, of calf car phrases to get over that fence to say hello. Is that correct? No, did not jump the fence. Uh, no, no, no. Record. I just mean on your tippy toes. Oh, just, yes. Uh, yeah, but I had a ladder. Um, I had a step ladder that I was standing on. So it was almost like you're doing a survivor challenge or something. Well, that's right. That's right. Endurance. And, um, yeah. I felt like I was a part of it, though, Ford. And that was the main thing. That's and good. Um, it was a great night. And those bow that's buns good. were fantastic. They were. <laughs> Well, Friendy's brought the vertical, Forty's got the big floppy ears, so let's hop to it. This month in sport. And welcome to another This Month in Sport, where we are joined by a new head coach, for the Australian cricket team, we're going to start with cricket. That's right. This week saw the announcement of Andrew McDonald as the new head coach of the Australian cricket team. McDonald has been described as the ying to Justin Langer's yang when in a supporting role. And now it appears Australia will just be all ying. So I've got a couple of questions for you, Forty. Number one, are you happy with the appointment? And number two, what do you see the obstacles being for McDonald? who has apparently been hired for a job based on the players wanting him in and the old coach out. Yeah, it's, it's uh, well, firstly, Horse, uh, we have to mention that Andrew McDonald uh, lives in Geelong. He's a so, Geelong local. Um, he's a Geelong boy. And, um, well, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, in this player empowerment era, uh, the players have obviously chosen this guy. Look, we all love Justin Langer. And... Um, Obviously, the players wanted to have a change and wanting to move into sort of someone more of, I think, big thing about Andrew McDonald's is going to be all about managing personalities rather than, I suppose, um, we needed Justin Langer to bring uh, a set of standards because the culture of Australian cricket team was obviously quite poor and we've needed Justin Langer to change that. Um, personally, didn't love the way he has been sort of kicked out of the team essentially um but obviously andrew mcdonald's now he's really going to be someone who's coming in and managing the players and uh patty cummins leading the way obviously as the captain but i think the biggest obstacle will be um how does he engage past player greats like justin langer did mm. he was able to get guys especially in the ashes like ricky ponning steve yep. war um some like guns around the players um gilly adam gilchrist you know, Matthew Hayden, a lot of these guys were 
quite put off by yeah. how Justin Langer was treated. So I don't know what you boys think. That's how, how is that going to be something? Hugely valid point. Um, I don't want to hog the mic though. I know, Friendy, you've got some thoughts as well. So what are you thinking? Well, yeah, and, and just to add to your point, Ford, um, he seems like he's he's a guy of great character as well, and, and they love him and they respect him. And I think some of the past players will get around him. I think it's going to take a little while to heal some of the wounds from Justin Langer because obviously they were quite supportive of him. But um, I do want to give a shout-out to long-time listener and great friend of the show, Justin Bosley, because there was a great man in, in our own horse who mm. did say at his wedding that um, that the the Rangers were was going to be extinct very soon. And I think the fact that we have a redhead coaching our cricket team, our national team, mm. is this the start of maybe the redheads forging a force horse? Like, it's been an be endangered species, hasn't the, it? The repopulation, the regeneration of the, uh, the ginge. I mean, is this the greatest moment in in the life of history? Or well, has to be. I think there's probably no offense, Andrew McDonald. I think there's probably been a few more famous gingers than uh, than Ed Andrew. Sheeran. Exactly, Ed Sheeran, Ju- Julie Gillard. Gillard. Exactly. <laughs> you just oh, Julie's up there. You just proved your own Australian point in national Ballard. coach of cricket. You're basically the prime minister of Australia. Let's be honest. Well, totally. You know, I feel like you were in the '90s. I feel like well, actually no, it was the play. It's always been really the players. Let's be honest. It's the captain, not the coach of the Australian cricket team. You know. Well, I, I think that's more of a, a PM's role, and I think that there's been coaches that we've even forgotten. We had it. We had Mickey Arthur. Do you remember when Mickey Arthur was in charge? Yeah, I remember Mickey Arthur and Buchanan. He was followed. Um, yeah. yeah, he followed Buchanan. Yep. Yep. Colin Buchanan, which he did great. Colin. <laughs> Great kid songs growing up, but I never knew he had uh, the coaching in him. But, but to be go. fair to your point, to be fair to your point, we probably haven't taken notice of our coaches until we've had a couple of our great players coaching. So Darren Lehman is really the first, I guess, well-known player that's become a coach of our generation. Because yeah. I remember of Bob our generation. Simpson. That's right. That's right. Bob, Bob Simpson Bob, was great. Yeah. Bob Simpson was huge, and correct, he was correct, he was but, an Australian great. Um, yes. But we wouldn't have seen him play, and obviously. Bob Simpson was the coach when Shane Warne came, you know, rise mm. to the scene. And when they changed to Buchanan, yeah, Warney wasn't a fan of him. Um, I'm not sure whether he was a fan of Mickey Arthur, but then obviously Darren Lehman, Buff, he was, obviously the players loved him, but maybe that was quite detrimental to our yeah. culture as well. 100%. I, I think that ended up being quite detrimental with uh, some of the, the culture and some of the things that ended up happening on field. Uh, I did. I do. Uh, I did read an interesting article in regards to McDonald and what they like about his philosophy, which is also a very valid thing. I've said valid and invalid a number of times already, but I read how that um, McDonald is someone who focuses on the positives more so than the negatives. Which, yep, that's a good outlook on life. But in terms of a coaching perspective, he always says, you know. Uh, you can go and watch your mistakes for hours on on end and try and do the technical corrections um, and get so focused on that that you forget to look at the things that you were doing right and how you can use them to strengthen your game. So he's very much on the let's look at what's going well for us and how we can work that in just as much as the things that you need to fix. And they pulled in a story from um, England back in the 90s where they just they became so focused on Warney, they watched hours and hours of Warney bowling them out that they forgot to focus on how can we score runs off this guy? Mm. <laughs> the, yeah. Their attention was just on and, and they crumbled because they they got it was in their a negative own mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Negative rather than thinking, yep, positive. Yeah. And yep. so in that respect, McDonald is supposed to bring the positivity as well, which I'm looking forward to. Zero negativity. Correct. And I did hear too that um, he's looking at, um, you know, maybe opening the door again to um, Glenn Maxwell making a return to the test team. So he might throw a few spanners in the works with trying a few new players. So, well, old players. I'd love to um, see that. You know, I I think it'd be great too. Yep. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a a wait and see on what McDonald's first moves will be and if he'll be 
Correct. trying to stamp himself as the new coach or just quietly approach it and then make a few changes yeah. once he's in there. Now, Horse, remember, um, you know, this is quite a while ago, mm. many, many, many episodes ago, we I'll talked remember. about yep. sponsorship of, um, of the cricket team and we suggested just some, you know, out-of-the-box ideas. Yep. In honour of Andrew McDonald, can Ronald. we get a big... Ronald, can we get a big, you know, the golden arches... On, on the, the shirt. white jerseys. What about Fanta? Yep. Fanta would get on board. What else? Ginger what? nut biscuits. Ginger nuts, did you say? Yeah. Ginger nuts. Yep. Um, okay. Burger rings. Imagine, yep. them, imagine them sitting around at a tea break and someone pulling out a packet of ginger nuts <laughs> instead a, of sandpaper. What a time that would be. For the ginger tea? Yep. And rubbing yep. ginger nuts on Good. the ball. To affect it, like ginger they do beer. with the lollies. Ginger beer for, yep. They bring it out in the field. The Bundaberg yep. ginger beer comes out. Drinks Come break. <laughs> but then that would be against the Fanta sponsorship. <laughs> Orange Gatorade, yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> they'd have to really decide on that one. Lots of options. Now, I'm going to hand over to you, 40, to talk us through uh, what's happening in the NBA. Right. Well, it, uh, as we are recording, we've just played out the games to... Uh, locking the seventh seed. So we've got Brooklyn seventh seed and we have New Orleans uh, in the seventh seed as well. So we haven't quite confirmed the eighth seed. Maybe by the time this episode gets out, that will have been played and whatnot. So, but we're, we're excited. I suppose um, we did talk about last episode, some of our favorites of making the finals and, you know, we're all pretty much on the same page. I think in regards to the West Phoenix, certainly in the front runners and, um, in the East, it's a little bit more open. Uh, I think, you know, it certainly was some suggestions around, obviously, Milwaukee, um, Boston, and, and Heat. Maybe Philly, depending on what happens, how hard and whether he steps up or not. Uh, Embiid certainly is carrying that team at the moment. But I suppose just looking at the first round, guys, what, what is, for you, looking at our first round matchups, obviously, we're still waiting for the eighth seed to be confirmed. What are you really looking forward to watching? as a first-round playoff series. I can't go past Brooklyn Celtics. Yeah. I'm really excited and intrigued because I think Ben Simmons is going to play. Ooh, really? Um, I do. I do think he's going to play. He may not play first game, but I think he he sees a game in this series. It's Looking a big call. That's that a one. huge call. And I, and I really hope, too, that um, Philly and Brooklyn make it out of the first round because then they would match up in round two. And imagine Ben <laughs> Simmons not playing the whole season, uh, going to Philly for a game. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yep. I know that's not what 40 oh. wants, though. No, <laughs> no certainly not. Right. Horse, uh, what about you? Maybe well, someone out of the West. Obviously, you've got your Bulls uh, sitting against Milwaukee. Yeah, it's look. Be tough. If we win a game, I'll be stunned, to be honest. I think we'll get swept for... Four nil, um, just the way that we've <laughs> rolled over the end of the season, like the petrol mm. run out, and and we had Vooch and uh, flipping Io Desumu pushing the Bulls car over the finish line just to get us into the playoffs. Um, not that Vooch was doing much to end the season anyway. May as mm. well have been pushing a car, but that's another story. Uh, we'll head <laughs> over to the West. And I'd, I'm yep. really looking forward to the Warriors and Denver matchup. Yes. First round, uh, because I thought that Denver were going to come good and I could have seen them making it the whole way to the, to the West finals. Yep. Yep. And now, you know, the two, what I thought were the two most likely to challenge Phoenix are going to match up in the first round. And mm. will Curry be back? There's still a chance. I hope that he'll play game one. Game one's sort of going to set the tone, I think. And, yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Like, from the Warriors, yep. Jordan Poole's been in unbelievable form. Mm. Um, yep. Kaminga's comes off the bench and can just score at a high clip. Like, Thompson is back. Um, Clay is – he's had three games on end, 30-plus to finish the season. And then on the flip side, you've got uh, – Jokic, who's just in MVP form. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who's around him, he's still getting the wins and getting his team over the line. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's a good be point. An intriguing one. 
I think that matchup, whoever wins out of that is going to the West finals to play off against Phoenix, really, isn't it? I think that, I mean, Memphis, geez, they're, they're an exciting team. But I just, personally, I just think you can't put it, put past Golden State Warriors. Like, mm. Steph, you know, he'll be back hopefully yeah, I soon. Yeah. I just, that team, they know how to win. And yep. uh, Denver, obviously, I'm just not sure whether they can really push them without Jamal Murray. If, Jam- if Murray was yep. playing, that may be a completely different story, but mm. um, that's just my perspective. Yep. I think in the um, East, um, Friendy, I just can't see Ben Simmons playing. I just think that would be actually the worst thing that Brooklyn can do. Um, a guy that has, he's not even, um, he's not even do one-on-one uh, workouts. He's just doing individual workouts at the moment. I just can't see him coming back and then coming into a system in a playoff series I just think that could potentially be quite detrimental to Brooklyn. Yeah, what, but can, what I, do you think? can I just say about Benny Simmons though? He he's not known for offense. So if you if you're wanting him to score, he's not that guy. But they don't need offense when you've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But what he is one of the best in the league at is defense. And mm. like you don't have they to need be, defense, don't they? They need defense, and yeah. he is an elite defender. And if all they said was, "Hey, mate, if you can just." lock down this player, I think for 20 minutes a game, he holds a lot of value mm. um, around that space. That's why I think that's where I think if they use him correctly, now his ego might be too large that he's like, no, I've got to start and I've got to play 30 minutes and I'm going to get my shots or whatever. That's not going to be wise for them. But if they can use him well, he could be a, a great addition. Mm, absolutely. And it will be interesting. Um, obviously, he's a wild card for Brooklyn and, and a wild card for Boston is um, the Time Lord. Uh, coming back from his meniscus injury, he uh, he's um, expected to... It was a four to six week return after his surgery. It was a very successful surgery. And four week timeline brings him to, I think it's game four or game five. Uh, of this first round playoff series. So that'll be interesting to see whether he plays because obviously Tom Ward, um, when he was playing with Boston, that would just, um, their defense was unbeatable, him and Marcus Smart. Um, and then you've got, you know, the other guys as well, backing them up. Um, Tatum as well as, as a, obviously Jesus, the best player be, on the team. Gonna, I honestly reckon it's the series of the um, the first round. I think it's what, going to be... What do you think? What do you think? It'll go to seven games, you reckon? Oh, I, I just, I love the every story, chance. isn't it? You know, Potentially mm. Ben Simmons comes back. Um, Boston have all the form in the league right now. You've got Corey Irving, who used to be a Celtic. Like there's so many stories in it. Lots of drama. Um, look, that's right. But also, but then you look at the other one in the East too, uh, Philly versus Raptors. How much does our Aussie mate Matisse Thibel not being able to play away games? How much does that affect them in that first round? Like mm. the cohesion of the mm. team, you know. As an unvaccinated player, I think um, and you know, geez, Toronto, it just. They're a team you just don't want to match up. They're just all like the way they play. It's so um, there's like dogs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Dog surely, bone. Um, they, some, they make you fight everything. At some time in the near future, they're just going to run out of gas because they've been playing with a like a rotation of about eight for basically mm-hmm. the seventy five percent of the season. So yeah. yeah when it comes to playoff basketball and you've got to take the physicality to the next level, mm. don't you think that at some point they're just not going to be able to do it because they've been playing playoff minutes for the last 50 games. Mm. And I, like, it certainly has totally. turned them around, but these other guys haven't been playing playoff minutes. They're ready to go. And they'll, they'll, I think they'll be fresher. I, just back to Simmons again. I've got to say I'm in 40s court here. I don't see... Ben Simmons getting out and playing a game. I think he'd be more likely to get a gig on Dancing with the Stars than he would <laughs> to play in the first round of the playoffs this year. I I also, I just have this feeling like, will we ever see Simmons in a Nets uniform? I could see something happening over the off season. Another injury, I just another reckon, season, bang on. I reckon this year it's wide open because I think next season... Brooklyn is, you know, Ben Simmons, hopefully, returns really healthy. Brooklyn is going to be one of the top two teams. Like, it's an, they're not a traditional seven-seed team. No. Um, 
Well, he, he's to come my, up against he's my Charles Barkley guarantee. If Ben <laughs> Simmons plays, they win the whole thing. The as in they win the championship. They win the championship. Ben Simmons plays, yep. they're winning the championship. Well, I mean Massive that's an easy call. lock it but, in. You know, but you know, you're backing what, yourself, Forty. We can't. We can't. That's an easy one to prove because Simmons isn't going to. Charles play. Barkley's then. He's, Charles Barkley guarantees are not really a guarantee. <laughs> exactly. No, no, but what, were you what saying, you guys Fred? are saying is that, that Ben Simmons is not going to help them. I'm saying if Ben Simmons plays, they win the whole thing. Yeah, I just I just think from from a in terms of he hasn't actually done any proper workouts with the team and the system. And so where they risk it. But you're right, Friendy. He's a he's an elite defender. Um, if he can play step in and, and play a role in there, it'll certainly be challenging. But um, it'll also be interesting to see how um, you know, obviously the minutes manage because Katie mm. and Kyrie are playing over 40 minutes <laughs> and they're going to score at least 60, 70 points of the team's total. Where are the other points coming from? Uh, their bench has been pretty ordinary. So obviously if Ben, if Ben Simmons does come back, that certainly bolsters their bench and that does make a big change even from that perspective. So there's uh, lots of ways uh, this could play out. Um, I am, as a Boston Celtics player, I'm not scared of playing Boston, um, Brooklyn. I'm actually really excited about this uh, matchup because um, I'd rather probably take Brooklyn in the first round than probably the second round or the finals. I think if... if um, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, that's this could be a chance we can knock them over. So, yeah. But it's a, oh, I'm it's going to be a cracker. It's going to be a cracker to watch. So, yeah. anyway, um, moving on. We talked about last episode, um, obviously, awards and stuff. So just really quickly, we'll go through, um, I think it's uh, pretty obvious, the sixth man of the year. We all uh, sports bet, sports bet have him as $1.005 in Tyler Hero. Um, it's uh, pretty obvious, man. I think. Yeah, he's been phenomenal as a sixth man of the year. Um, but just looking at, I suppose, most improved player of the year, uh, defensive player of the year and obviously the regular season MVP. How about we talk about the most improved player of the year? Any yep. suggestions? What? Uh, who do you think's the front runner when it comes to that? Ja Morant has to be most improved player. Like, yes, he was a phenomenal player last year, but he's now in superstar level. He's now in the elite. You know, he's now in the top 10, if not top five in the league. And, and it, he's taken jumps in, in all his stats. So for me, I think it's going to be Ja Morant. But, you know, Tyler Hero could have been, he could have been both most improved and, and six man. He could. But, but no, I'm going, I'm, I'm going with Ja. Yeah. yeah. And he certainly earned his uh, spot as an uh, all-star starter. Yes. And, um, sure. and I, I, I tend to agree with, um, with Horse on this one. There, there's, there's two names that I just want to mention. And one's mm-hmm. our Aussie guy. Uh, like, I would have loved to have seen Paddy Mills be a more consistent six-man. I thought he had a great start to the season. And even um, uh, Matisse Thibel, I think, as a defensive six-man. Uh, not six-man. Most improved, I should say. Yep. Thibel uh, has been, like, he's improved out of sight with a, a lot of things he does, even though he's not a big scorer. But a big left fielder, and it's not going to make sense, guys, but that's okay. <laughs> My boy, LeBron James. <laughs> Most improved. If you look at his stats from last year to this year, but like isn't you that's not from, an increase. It's your improved career. from last season to Mate, the I'm next season. Saying, I think it's more. I'm just saying most people it's, that it's your whole career stats like he did would be in the conversation. Look, I'm sorry, I just have to stop it here. Uh, the criteria for the MBA Most Improved Player is the player who's shown the most improvement this season compared to all of their previous seasons. And you're talking about a four-time MVP, four-time finals MVP, 18-time All-Star, showing vast improvement compared to where he's been in his previous career when the Lakers didn't even make the play-in tournament. Rant over. It's incredible what he can do. I just had to throw him in there. Yeah, yeah. he's absolutely (laughs) had a massive bounce-back season. You know, you're not even his averaging... 30 points a game. Um, you can certainly see he's not obviously as uh, durable as a yep. player 
as he, as he was previously, but that's to be expected for his age and still able to play there. But um, yeah, I see your point, friendy, but a little I, bit I, left I don't field. See that My goodness, he played he played fifty six games, and over thirty four of them, he had thirty plus points. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, just just so you know. Sports we haven't talked bet, about MVP no. yet. Sorry, I'll save that for MVP. Sport, sports bet don't even have him listed. Of course not. Uh, as someone you can bet bet on. He would not be eligible <laughs> oh, okay. for Just it. thought I'd throw it out. Our defensive player of the year, Friendy. How about you go first this time? Well, this, this is quite this a, is a controversial one. Quite, yes. It is, yeah. So, um, Draymond Green is pretty confident that it's his. Uh, even of though he missed so many games, <laughs> yeah, he's like, tell me someone that has done a better job than I have, you know? Yeah. Um, and you got the little the little fella from Timberwolves who thinks he's the greatest player of all time, oh. Beverly, Pat Beverly. What a flog. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah I, this one's not a clear-cut one. I've got I've one. Got, like, <laughs> go horse. Oh, do you, do you need on, some more thinking time, Randy? No, yeah, I, just I think don't so. Think I'm on the I'm on one. the Mikhail Bridges bandwagon here. I would wow. love I would love to see a guard take it home for the first. Well, time that's that's Gary the, Payton. Well, that's, that's why I was going to say Matisse Thibel again because Matisse Thibel should be in the conversation. He should as a guard or yep. a forward. Randy? Oh, he'd have to be a forward, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's kind of that. Yeah, primitive player, but um, go Bears obviously. Boring. It's yeah. just boring going, going. Ru- I know. Yeah, Rudy no. Gobert continues to, to go Rudy. there. Mm. And everyone is over that. I think yeah. um, Marcus Smart is certainly putting his yeah. hand up. And I think he definitely has to be worth, um, you know, someone to see in guard, the conversation. I'm, I'm with you. Totally. I'd love to see guard. And I think Marcus Smart probably is leads the way from a guard perspective. Um, but what? who would your pick be? If you were to put money on, Someone to win the defensive player of the year right now. Well, who's who's favorite on sports bet? Yeah, well, it's actually been taken down because it's the end of the no. season now, so you can't bet on it anymore. Have, haven't the finalists been announced? I don't think so. Just are we the... pausing the podcast right now? Yep, we're just having a look, ladies and gentlemen. Please ignore this interruption, we will return to our regular broadcast shortly. All right, well, we've just come back from our break and um, it hasn't actually been announced. <laughs> we just had a little I quick the gun. Out. But but if we're going to say right now, boys, who is your pick for defensive player year right now? Freddie? I am going with Marcus Smart. Horse? I will then go Mikhail Bridges. Great. Well, I'm going to back it up. Obviously, my boy Marcus Smart. I knew you were going to go smart. Um, I didn't want great. a unanimous <laughs> smart. So we'll go two one. Oh, that's good. That means Go Bears going to win. <laughs> yeah, I know. Him. Boring. Very boring. <laughs> um, so moving on to our regular season MVP. Now this is a great conversation as well. Mm. Uh, the three favourites certainly have been Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic. Yep. yep. Um, boys, what are your thoughts out of those? Is there someone out of the box too that might be able to leapfrog? Um, them, I think, you know, we're talking about, well, categories. Yeah, you've got that sort of tier one with those guys. Is there someone else in that tier um, or someone in that no. next tier of players that could probably jump in? Is uh, Steph Curry a chance? Uh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take this one, Freddie, because I'm passionate about this. I know. <laughs> I, I, go for it. Go for it, horse. This is right what I'm going to say. It is down to those three for sure. They'll be top three. And it will really come down to even second place votes because um, they're going to be split amongst the the mm. vote places who's going to put them their number one. And it, so really it's going to be not just your number one first place votes, but those guys out of those three who get the most second place votes who probably will decide. And I think it really has to come down to Giannis or uh, Nicola because I just don't, I think Embiid, he, uh, he, yep, he had a strong scoring season, but things just seemed to taper off near the end as his team also tapered off near the end. And so I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to be back to back. I'm going to say Jokic wins. They love a back to back MVP. Wins. Yeah, they love a back to back MVP. 
and and Giannis. I agree with your horse. And you know what's cool about these three players too? They're all international players, which is great. Yeah, Yeah, it it is cool. It is cool. Um, I do agree that it is down to those three. But what annoys me about it is when you ask the question for like who outside the box should be at least in the conversation, I do get tired of the fact that it's very much a stats-dominated MVP award. Yeah, like I, I, I think like without a shadow of a doubt, Chris Paul should be in a conversation like this, even though his stats don't go anywhere near these three guys. Hundred percent. But it's yep. got to be like it's in terms of what he's done with the team and how he's like he makes I don't the know team better. Needs to be more correct. Like, mm. and and he doesn't have to be the guy that scores thirty-five with fifteen assists and fifteen boards. But the impact that he has, even the way he leads on the court, yep. like that's. I just think that's got to be added into it somehow. But then can we say at the same time, yes, you know, this is Paul's legacy is what he's done to Phoenix over the last couple of years. Cause we'd all agree that he is the, the, the driving um, force of change in that team over the last couple of years. He was the piece that made everyone else better. Um, But then even this season when he has missed a chunk of games with his, was it his thumb that, um, you know, Booker, has stepped up in his He's place. Stepped up, and it may be a joint. Maybe if they could join together and crown one MVP for two players that complement each other, the best duo in the NBA, the most important, most valuable two players on a team, then it would have to be those guys. Well, and it's going to be interesting, even with the uh, All NBA teams announced, mm. because for Phoenix Suns who finished top of the West, I don't actually think they're going to get a first. NBA team like player on the first NBA team. Mm. I don't think mm. you're going to see Booker or CP3 in that first NBA team, which is crazy. Um, but I, I agree with you, Freddie. Chris Paul should be there. Booker, I think in that next tier, you've kind of got Chris Paul, Booker, um, Tatum. Um, I'm not just saying that as a homer, but Tatum <laughs> this year, 2022, he certainly really uh, stepped up another level. But I just wanted to finish on this question. Mm. What is more valuable and what is more when it comes to the MVP, the regular season MVP or the finals MVP? We talk about players like CP3. What is more valuable to get? A a regular season MVP or a finals MVP? What do people remember most? Can I... I throw to you, Freddy. This is how I'm going to answer this. If you ask the players in front of a camera, they will say a finals MVP every day of the week. Mm-hmm. If they were out of the camera, the selfishness would come out and they'd want the league MVP. Mm. That's how I'm answering that. It's good. Horse, do you uh, concur or you have other thought? No, I think that's uh, that's pretty spot on. No one wants to say that they just wanted to be the best player in the whole league for the whole regular season in front of everyone because, you know, it should be about winning that championship and getting their finals yeah. MVP. But um, Andre Iguodala has a finals MVP. Which is crazy. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> offense yeah. to Iggy. But uh, yeah. Giannis with back-to-back, I mean, he's got a finals MVP now as well. But you know what I mean? Like, the- you could... I don't it's want to say you can fluke you one, that though. but you could be in a but, team that's very even across the board and yeah. and you just stand out in a couple of games or, you know, it could have gone to a number of players there. Mm. Whereas if you yeah. win that league MVP, you are in the elite of the elite for a sustained yep. whole season. You haven't had a good well, couple of weeks. A hall of, you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. If you can win. Unless league, you're Derek Rose. <laughs> yeah, what a stitch up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's uh, a really good wrap up of uh, where we're at with the NBA horse. And thank you. you. Excellent. Well, we're going to move into just a tiny bit of AFL um, because we have to talk about the fact that our esteemed CEO, Gillen McLaughlin, has said sayonara to his gig as of the end of this season. He's got a few things he wants to tick off before he goes. But the question now is, well, when he goes, who's coming in? And Friendy, you're the ideas man. 
um, when it comes to left field thinking. And, <laughs> and so I'm taking it to you. Who would be the best replacement? Who do you think we should be getting to replace Gillen? Just yeah, a Look, <laughs> there's a few, there's a few good potentials out there. Um, and uh, there's some honorable mentions that I was reading about today. And uh, I saw Eddie McGuire's name was thrown up there. Um, I saw the dude from Richmond. Can't think of his name. Brendan Gale. The front runner. Brendan Gale. But um, Dusty might like, be looking for a job soon. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but uh, when you talk about left field, I was thinking, oh, you know, you, you, there's a couple of funny ones you could throw out there. But does it have to be someone that understands AFL? Now, it just has to be a business person, doesn't it? Well, correct. Maybe so, it'd be like, good if it was someone not, who didn't. Well, would you not try and go down the path of getting someone who's had experience at one of the, the bigger world sort of games? Like, would you not go after someone who's got high-up experience in the NBA or, or um, world soccer somehow? Like, would you not try and think outside the box a little bit and go, what haven't we tried yet? Like a global be of benefit mm, to us. A global view. Um, like, do we go Adam Adam Silver? Oh. Career change, mate. You read, wow. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Silver left field. Fox. Like, I'm sure we could offer the same amount of money to him that he's getting in the NBA. So, <laughs> you know. yeah, There's no doubt. for you, a little Adam Silver to start things off. I thought you were going to say um, Richard Branson, or you know, do they actually need to know sport? Whatever. I can. We're going to have the Virgin AFL Premiership season. <laughs> yes, yep, that's all I got. <laughs> Forty. Have you got anyone left field that you can well, think of? I did suggest Justin Langer, but I did, yep. a little bit too left. Um, what about how? Imagine, imagine if Eddie McGuire took over the oh. AFL. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Imagine, Do you know what? Do you imagine know what? the rule changes. The rule changes he would make to assure Collingwood made the finals every year, or something like that. No, I think he's. I think he's in the top five. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I look. I, I don't mind it. Yeah, this he's got his sink like, but mate, he's done a lot for the game. I think it's and... Brendan Gales to lose though. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Fair call. There you go. There's three. Three options for you. Adam Silver, Brendan Gale, or Eddie McGuire. It's, go, it's going to be Daisy one of those. Pierce. Did you throw in Daisy Pierce? He did just throw in Daisy Pierce. Who We're talking about playing. Daisy coming to Geelong to coach. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that was thrown going. out there. I, I don't mind Daisy's commentating. I think she's a great yeah. commentator. Good for insight. Sure. You know, good uh, good different perspective. So, hmm. What about Tom Morris? <laughs> well, he's looking for a job too. Well. <laughs> okay, well, I think we're throwing his name out. That's a fair indication that we have run out of options. Uh, and it might be the point in time that we just want to wrap up at this month in sport. <laughs> Now, riddle me this, guys. I've come up with an idea for an Easter-themed segment and it'll only happen once uh i gave you the heads up so you've been able to do a little bit of research but for the listeners at home easter is here and the whole premise behind easter is that um, on good friday jesus died on the cross and then two days later he rose again on the sunday easter sunday where we have the chocolate eggs that uh represent new life and Jesus made the greatest comeback in history, the resurrection. And I'm not getting biblical on you. I'm taking this now to a sports angle because we're in the midst of celebrating the greatest comeback in history. Well, I want to throw it out there to you, Forty and Friendy. What have been some of the greatest sporting comebacks in history? And uh, here's a little stinger. It's the greatest comeback. So, Friendy, have you got an example to kick us off? What is what? Is, what did you have on your list 
of the greatest comebacks yeah, in I'll history. Go, and can I just also here. say, was, Friendy, yeah. sorry, we're talking, it could be team, it could be individual. That's up to you to yeah. decide. Yeah. And I've got a couple of both. Um, and I'll, I'll just... I'll just start with one or two and, and get the ball rolling and then yes, I'll, I'll thank you. you guys. But I, I feel like I've got to just start straight away. Um, which, you know, it may not be the greatest, but in my heart, it, it holds a special place. And it's round 10, 2006 at uh, the oh. Virginia Park. 54 yep. points down yep. midway through the third quarter. West Coast versus Geelong. And what a comeback it was. Now, look, it was the last time we won at Virginia Park, but what a moment. What a moment it was. Yep. There's my first one, lads. Thoughts? I was there. That was soul crushing. Oh, that was, was a, yeah. Disappointing. That was the time oh, actually, that we were. I actually etched that out of my memory. <laughs> we were 54 <laughs> p- points up against the premiership favorites. And we thought, we're, if we can do this, we're in with a shot. I was like, surely not. As the, premise, the goals so. kept coming through down West Coast End. Daniel Kerr oh, pumped yeah. up with ketamine and horse yeah, well, or whatever on, else he was so, on. Um, the, the, <laughs> next one, the next one, next one I have, and I'll throw to you, Ford, is, yeah. uh, I mean, you, you got to go, if we go NBA, I mean, Cleveland 3-1 down against uh, Golden State Warriors. Oh, yeah. Pretty hard to go that's, past as one of the greatest comebacks of all time. That was on my list. Never been, never been done before. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. 3-1, game Absolutely. four. It was in the bag, wasn't it? No one, we thought it would be wrapped up in Cleveland, let alone make it all the way back and, to Golden State. Correct. You know what? If it was Vidali, that wouldn't have happened. Come on. Yeah, amen. Preach it. <laughs> um, coming back to uh, your theme of your first greatest comeback. Now, there has been a lot of comebacks of late, even this season. It seems to be mm. happening more and more in the NBA. Obviously, just the high-scoring uh, yeah. yeah, you could be 20 points up and that, that doesn't mean it means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But come back to footy. Um, there, unfortunately for us, horse, there was a particular game in uh, 2013 against Brisbane Lions. Oh, another I one. We were 50, 53 points up in the yep. third quarter yep. at Miracle Brisbane and we, and we lost to a goal after the siren. Um, Ash McGrath. That was, that was like... You can't, you can't script this, you know, like that is a massive comeback in football. Oh, come back. Huge. Pretty much 10 Same goals. Yeah, exactly. Same against West Coast. And it happens, you know, twice within seven years. Um, but just another quick one before I throw back to you, Horse, is um, mm-hmm. this was before, obviously, a lot more higher scoring. But, you know, in the 90s, obviously, Geelong was a pretty uh, uh, dominant force when it came to our scoring we still didn't win a premiership in the 90s like we should have but uh there was a game in 1990 yeah you, you tend to disagree on that friendly um but there was a game in 1999 and uh, geelong was playing north melbourne and to bring mm. a bit of positive we were 39 points down i think wasn't at half time which in this time day's time is probably not that much but back then yeah it was quite a bit and I remember being at the game, and you said you're at the game as well. Yes, yes. And we had I was. guys like uh, Wayne Carey playing, and you know there was they had a real. That was the year that North Melbourne obviously won that premiership that year, and and they lost Geelong, they lost the grand final as the favourites yep. the year before. So like they were a force yep. to be reckoned with. They were the, they were the favourites. Yeah, yeah, yep. correct. And uh, Geelong came back. Gary Hocking, you know the crew. They, Simon yeah, Arnott came back. Jace Mooney. Yeah. Scotty and, Bamford. Uh, and we won. And I know that's quite an insignificant game, but I just that remember being in that game and, yeah. and, and it stood out. It was, it was just like, I just felt like we were in the game and uh, I just, it didn't surprise me. I don't yeah. know what it was oh. that night, but yeah. it was just something. You in know the what, air. 40? I've gone back and watched that on YouTube before, watched the highlights. <laughs> yeah. You can, you, it's, yeah. you can find it on YouTube. I just because I Freddy's, just like Freddy's you. like let's let's wrap this up now. <laughs> it was such an impressionable. Time. It was an impressionable moment, and, and that win, like well. <laughs> hadn't experienced anything like that before. That it did just stick in the memory. I mean, if yeah. we want to, if we want to go really recent, gee, that that comeback when we were thirty-seven points down late in the third quarter against Collingwood only a couple of weeks oh. ago. 
that was that was pretty impressive as well. That was huge. That, that was pretty special. It has turned into the Geelong show though. Um, yeah, it has actually. <laughs> another yeah. another NBA one. Uh, this is this is nineties basketball at its finest. Um, game one, New York, Madison Square Garden, and the Pacers are down by um, eight points with eleven seconds left, and then up steps Reggie Miller, bang bang bang, he knocks over the Knicks eight point de- deficit with eleven seconds to go. That's pretty phenomenal in terms oh, of just absolutely. the amount of time you've got. You know, eleven seconds to get enough possessions yeah. to overturn an eight point deficit is as big as it gets. I mean, hey, guys, a, yeah. sorry, keep going, keep going. Sorry. I was going to say from a personal perspective, I did play in a game where we came back from seven points down in a grand final with, uh, with, I think we had about 40 seconds left and we came 45 seconds left. We came seven, uh, came back from seven to, to tie it. And we thought we'd won on the buzzer because the scorer was wrong and we'd actually tied and it went to double overtime and we won it. And that was, that was uh, back in the days of Jimmy Ashley dominating out on the courts. Anyway, we, that's it. We, we would never have had those situations for the Lightning Southerners. We were always too far ahead, weren't we, horse? We were. <laughs> yes. When I coached Friendy and the Lightning Southerners, we were, uh, we were putting the cue in the rack about five minutes into the game when you'd got your 10 points and then would set about getting everyone else their 10 points. But that's another story now, altogether. <laughs> now, we, we, it would be good to hear from the listeners. I'm sure they would have um, – we actually might have some listeners. No, we don't have listeners no. on our phone right now. No, it's not but, a live um, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was thinking we, we always love to throw in a little bit of tennis here and there, don't we, Friendy? We love well, – yeah, I've got, love I've got a tennis one tennis. too, so I'm glad you because brought that up. It'll be the same because one. There was – it was a very recent one that happened. No, no, that's not for me. Rafa Nadal in the Australian Open final, two sets down to mm. Medvedev, the flog, and he comes back win his 21st Grand Slam title. That has really? to be up there. Well, yep. And it does. Well, on, the, on the tennis theme, I was, I was and, and you're right, one of the all-time greats, but um, remember the time Leighton Hewitt took down Federer in the Davis Cup? two sets to love down. And uh, we ended up going on to win the Davis Cup that year. Massive moment for Massive. Like, probably one of the only times he beat Federer. So totally. Um, yep. That was good. But I've also got a bit of a, a fun one. That's it's it's us. It involves the three of us. And um, I reckon one of the all time greatest comebacks is with cross code combat. <laughs> um, you know, when we when we started this thing all you know many, many months ago now, Horse, horse had a really slow start to cross code combat. Um, I took him down, Ford, you took him down. And but since then, he's been on a tear and he is he has certainly climbed the ladder and he's leading the way. But it, hey, he, whoa, he, he's, he's, he started from the bottom. He I'm, started from the bottom. I'm still the undisputed champion. I, th- I thought what you were going to say, Friendy, was you came back from the dead um, <laughs> when you complained the following episode about me having too much time. And then it got overthrown by 40. I thought that's that was your comeback. Well, I could have gone there, but I thought well, I'd be nice. You to resurrected your... I, I had to actually step down from the last cross-code combat because you two couldn't beat me. So anyway, that, that's up for debate, I think, Freddie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Take the listeners. What about this? What about this? Next episode, how do we tie in a, th- a three-way cross-code combat? We have to bring a we have to bring an umpire. We have to bring in uh, someone that can be done. To adjudicate a Ryan we, I think we can. Yeah, that's easy done. Could be our social global but social we, media manager. We need to tweak the rules a little bit because you're arguing against two others. So we'd all have one. Oh, Maybe we could have to go actually bring this. in a prop. We could bring in an actual umpire. Maybe we could bring in. One of the uh, the all time great umpires uh, that's ever umpired the game, Jazzy Bosley, <laughs> Rezis, uh, GDFL, um, maybe not T- Tim Callender, <laughs> potentially, or the uh, the great Brett Allen. Maybe that might be an option. Anyway, get get the uh, Hall of Famer hey, out of uh, out of the Hall of the Fame. I'll I'll work on the rules, and Forty, you work on getting a completely biased umpire that's going to rule in your favour. Correct. Does that sound <laughs> correct? All right. There has been a lot of great sporting comebacks 
And as Forty said, we're going to float it out there on the socials as well. So please chip in and chime in with your favourite sporting comeback. We'll hear about those and maybe we'll discuss or put a few out there uh, next episode. Also, we've just proposed a uh, the triangle cross-code combat. So that's going to be interesting. We'll have to see how we're wow. going to work that one out. That is, That will be epic. That will be epic. That could be a whole episode in itself. Uh, <laughs> on that note, I think we will leave it with the greatest comebacks. Would you believe it? We have made it to the end of another episode. You would believe it, yep, because that's what I say every time we get to this stage. I always say, would you believe it? I believe it. Forty, do you believe it? I'm a believer. Friendy, are you a believer? I'm a believer. And guys, I have some updates on our um, the team that we own. Just to, to finish oh, off okay. for you. The, yep. uh, the oh, yes. TCM. Podcast Hornets. Mm-hmm. How um, do we go? TCM had their grand final last week after leading leading the league on top of the ladder. Only lost was a, one game. That was We had to get a few fill-ins for that game. So it was a key out. It was a key out for the grand final. Basically undefeated and um, playing against arch rival Jared Gort. And um, look, the, what are they, say, the we're going in strong favourites. Mm. Like if, if you saw our lineup, it, we'd be paying a dollar one, right? We we were favourites. Tyler Hero odds. Friendy's wife decides to get COVID mm. and uh, is a scratch the in the game. Spicy cough. Yeah. We had a guy that had moved to Queensland, one of our, uh, our guns, and uh, we lose the granny. We lose the grand final first Travesty. season. Command podcast Hornets. We lose. Now, Friendy, is it will it continue the next season or is this a one and done season? Uh, we've decided to have a break um, <laughs> during the winter season and come back for summer, uh, right. and not not because we don't want to. We uh, we just we're waiting for a few more umpires to rise up so we can have two a game uh, instead yes. of one. <laughs> well, don't forget to hit us up on our socials, please. We love your interaction. Like us, subscribe, do all that jazz. We'll be back very, very soon with another episode, an award-winning episode of The Common Man. I just decided we won an award. Bye-bye. On that note, we're wrapping up this month in sport. But on that note, we're wrapping up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a good bloop up for the end. (laughs) 